0: Hello again, I'm John Foley, and welcome to the latest edition of the Cloud Database Report podcast, where we discuss the exploding world of big data and the platforms and services that companies are using to manage terabytes, petabytes, and even exabytes of data in the cloud. Each week, we discuss the latest developments in the cloud database market and talk to industry experts about the trends, challenges, and opportunities they see. Today's guest is Stavros Papadopoulos, founder and CEO of TileDB, a startup that has developed a database which the company describes as a universal data management platform. The new TileDB database uses multidimensional arrays to support a variety of data types for scientific use cases, things like genomics and geospatial analysis. We'll get to the conversation with Stavros momentarily, but first a note from our sponsors, Cockroach Labs and InterSystems. Developers want to spend their time building cool things. CockroachDB Serverless is a new serverless database that's designed with that in mind. So you can stop worrying about the database and focus on what you're building. CockroachDB Serverless scales fast automatically and survives outages so that you don't have to worry about those things. And there's a generous free tier that makes it fast and easy for developers to experiment. Check it out at cockroachlabs.com Slash cloud wars. And Intersystems is the engine behind some of the world's most important applications, providing innovative data solutions for organizations with critical needs, such as those in healthcare, financial services, and logistics. The Intersystems Iris data platform addresses interoperability, speed, and scalability, empowering global organizations to build high performance, machine learning enabled applications. Through its smart data fabric, InterSystems connects data across organizations and enables them to maximize their technology investments. InterSystems is committed to excellence through its 24 by 7 support for customers and partners in more than 80 countries. Learn more at intersystems.com. Our guest today is Stavros Papadopoulos, founder and CEO of TileDB, a venture-backed startup that has developed a new database, which the company describes as a universal data management platform. Now, universal databases are not entirely new, but they are re-emerging as an alternative to to single-purpose databases that have become very popular in the tech industry. I invited Stavros to join us to talk about how TileDB is different from the hundreds of other databases that are available and where it excels as a data management system. So let's dive into this. Stavros, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi John, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to talk to you today.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Now Stavros, you have a PhD in computer science and engineering, and you come from a background in academia and research. Uh, Prior to starting TileDB, you spent a few years as a research scientist at Intel labs and MIT. So let's start with that. How did your research work lead you to the idea for TileDB?
1: Yeah, I'm indeed a computer scientist, as technical as it gets. This is the first company that I'm creating. I had to learn all the business aspects, uh, the hard way (laughs) throughout this journey. Uh, in order to create the company. So yes, I was very much into into academics. Um, My research um, uh, in my PhD, which I did in Hong Kong, I spent a a fair amount of time there, uh, was mainly on uh, um, multi-dimensional data structures and algorithms, a lot of geospatial work. But at some point, this led me to more um, security domains. Uh, I worked on um, data integrity and authentication. I um, then I worked on some more cryptographic concepts. So, you know, my, my research uh, span kind of across different domains in, in data management. Um, and in 2014, after spending a fair amount of, uh, of time, even as a professor, I, uh, I got an amazing offer from Interlabs and MIT. So I moved to Boston to start working with uh, uh, the Parallel Computing Lab at Intel and the Database Group at MIT um, on new emerging big data systems that would help Intel understand you know, what kind of next generation hardware to build to accommodate those, uh, uh, this, this new hardware. So um, it, it was there where Talibig was born uh, throughout the, you know, through the, the research we, we were doing with Intel and, and MIT and the rest is history. I can, I can go as uh, as detailed as you, you would like me to uh, in, in the TileDB concepts.
0: All right, well, I think we're gonna get uh, under the hood, so to speak, on the database itself as we go forward here. Um, now, you describe TileDB as a universal data management platform, but it's really different from the object-relational universal databases of a generation ago, right? So um, maybe you could talk a little bit about um, what uh, what data types and workloads does it support, and, and how is it different from those uh, earlier universal databases?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would like to start a little bit with, uh, with some background because those ideas were not born in a day. Truly, they they were just shaped based on the interaction we've had with multiple different practitioners and data scientists across domains. And actually that was key, right? We did not delve into the traditional relational query optimization and SQL operations that other people were doing in different architectures in the cloud. We were talking to a lot of scientists and and business analysts. So most of the ideas were born because of this interaction. So let me tell you a couple of observations that I made at the time because these observations are the foundation TalDB and, and of course this univers- universality vision that we have. So the first observation was, or the first direction that we had at the time was to start implementing some of the supercomputing principles that I was seeing at Intel in a more commercial database, in, a, in an actual database. And those, those principles re- revolved al- uh, around advanced analytics and advanced math, typically linear algebra. And they were the core for Stuff like machine learning and deep learning. This is what Intel was doing at massive scale, right? So I was thinking, can I bring these as native operations of a database? And we're talking about 2014 now, right? So that was the the one thing that I had in my mind. The second thing I had in my mind was that the cloud object storage was emerging. And most of the databases at the time were not architected to work very well there. So there was separation of storage and compute. The object stores came with very different guarantees regarding consistency, regarding immutability of objects. Right, The databases were not architected architected given these constraints. So very, very different things. And the other observation was that I was very drawn to scientific use cases, like geospatial, like bioinformatics, and, uh, and it came to, to a great surprise to me that none of those um, verticals and applications were using databases, right? I mean, we were very accustomed to using SQL and tables for certain verticals, and for some other verticals we were using nothing. So I was, uh, I was taken aback by this. And I was trying to figure out whether we can kind of unify this. Like, is there a way to build a single storage engine? Let's start from there, a single storage engine to kind of consolidate this data, right? And then a single authentication layer, a single access control layer, and so on and so forth, right? So this is how it started. These were just observations. So those observations led to us using this data structure we call the multi-dimensional array. This is a very mathematical um, structure. It is used in the sciences pretty much everywhere. Well, a NumPy array is a multi-dimensional array. So very familiar. Um, data structure, this is not new, it's it's just a data structure that the scientists are using. And the biggest observation was that even tables can be represented in a specialized case, SRAs. So I put all my effort to build a library at the time, a storage engine, not a database, storage engine that stores extremely efficiently data in this structure. And as we were, uh, as we were uh, evolving, we found out that we can capture every single use case out there. We could store genomics, tables, LiDAR, weather, imaging, and other stuff I can tell you about in a bit.
0: Now, uh, a lot of what you have described in the early, early part of the conversation here are what, what you might uh, think of as advanced and scientific uh, applications and use cases. So I guess one question I have is, is that the primary, is that the sweet spot for TileDB, or does it also have a role in more in other kinds of um, general purpose applications and business environments?
1: this is a great question and there is always a misconception here only because we're doing a lot of work with genomics and lidar and we're solving those extremely difficult problems that you wouldn't otherwise be able to solve with traditional relational databases that doesn't make TALDB a scientific database so that we're clear we can handle the traditional business analytics <laughs> just fine uh, we're targeting the other problems first only because we see a huge pain and we we like helping science like we're working for example with big hospitals that are trying to save infant lives at the icu using our work so you see it's it's just a little we're a little bit more preferential because those problems really need solving and also they're so challenging that are making us take decisions in the architecture that make us extremely strong even in the traditional ana- analytic space so we choose to target the difficult stuff first and then move to the more traditional queries that you would find in business analytics. So that's the only reason. Mm-hmm.
0: And Stavros, uh, in in talking about um the you know the concepts around the database, you, you've you've described it as both high performance and high scale. Um, so could you talk a little bit about that? I mean, um because obviously that is um uh, you know, that, that is a key, a key concern for um, many modern um, analytics environments. So, what, uh, what is kind of the design uh, principle around that?
1: Yeah, uh, thank you for this question. And actually, thank you for differentiating between performance and scale. Some people confuse these two and you didn't. So, here's how we address both of those aspects. First of all, we started building everything um, from, from, from zero, right? We started architecting everything starting from storage. So we built a very powerful C++ library that handles everything storage-related, right? Parallel of course, the format, the, um, uh, the compression, um, uh, pretty much everything that has to do with performance around around storing data very efficiently on any backend. And the, the backend integrations are very modular for TalDB. We can support storing your data in RAM, literally, uh, versus the laptop, versus an object store, versus Luster, for example, for more high-performance stuff in a, in a cluster. And we paid a lot of attention to that. So performance comes from integrating very, very tightly with those backends and being very particular about parallel io parallelism, multi-threading, internal vectorization, and so on and so forth. Now regarding scale, and this is one architectural decision we took since uh, since day one, is that, as I mentioned before, we saw the fact that storage and compute started to be separate in organizations for economical purposes, right? We have, for example, use cases with petabytes of data that sit on an object store. It would be completely unrealistic to pay licenses for database servers to shard this data in a shared nothing architecture. That would never work for those organizations. So those organizations want to store the data in a cheaper object store, paying only for storage separately, and then on demand, spin up instances. And actually they want those instances to be kind of serverless. They don't want to think about clusters. And they will pay only for whatever CPU cycles they're spending, for their analysis, so that's wh- that's how we solve the scale part. We build the TalDB Cloud, the commercial aspect of, of of our company, in a way such that it spins up serverless instances on demand for the user completely transparently. The user doesn't have to think about clusters. We charge only in a pay-as-you-go fashion, and uh, the the whole um, the whole uh, product scales exactly because the TileDB storage engine works very well on the object store. So the object store is very good for parallelism. We solved all the consistency issues, the parallel IO issues, anything around the format and performance on on an object store, like S3, for example, or Azure Blob storage. And then you get the scale only because it scales separately from the storage.
0: All right. now. Uh, we'll come back to uh, this a discussion about the availability of TileDB as a cloud service and for use on-premises. But one, other, uh, one or two other things I want to ask you about. So the, when I talked to you a few weeks ago uh, to first learn about TileDB and we talked about scale and performance, you also said another key design um, uh, idea here was to, future, to build a future-proof database. Um, and what, what did you mean by that? Could you could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So think of
1: any previous OLAP database, right? Before, I don't know, before Redshift, before Snowflake, right? Um, one of the paradigms they were following was a shared-nothing architecture, and they made it very, very fast, for example, right? And then the cloud object stores came up, and they became economical and fast, and we had to invent new databases because the previous ones just don't work there. They, they were not architected to work there. And then GPUs of course came up and FPGAs and we create new databases that do GPUs and FPGAs. Then from relational data, we have, we're working with some organizations like reinsurance companies. They have also mapping data. So the relational databases in the warehouses don't work with maps and images And then they had to use something else for images and maps. They didn't have them before, but they have them now. And then even in finance, you have, of course, the trading data, but then you have alternative data, which could be, for example, weather data, right? And then you're thinking that, okay, the bet that I made uh, on on the warehouse, now, you know, we, we are having second thoughts because we have alternative data and we can't do anything about this data with the previous warehouse. So what we're seeing is that all of those factors that will be affected in the future, and I enumerate, storage backend, something else may may, may come up in the future, NVMe, I don't know, something else. Then the hardware, CPUs, GPUs, TPUs, something else, then the types of data, that can change as well, right? From tables to something else. And finally, the way to access the data, Today you like SQL, tomorrow you may like Python, then Julia is coming up, super popular. And then you will want to access the data with with the next, you know, future popular tool. So Talib is future-proof because it integrates with all of that stuff. It has been architected in a modular way such that we can plug in a new backend, we can use CPU versus GPU, we can integrate to our um, wide range of APIs with a new tool. And of course, the TileDB multi-dimensional arrays can capture any future data, anything.
0: Now, this um, relates, I think, to uh, the, the term we've, we, we started with, which was the universal uh, data management platform, right? It, it kind of relates uh, relates to that. And I do want to ask you because there's so much activity in uh, the world of database software and cloud services these days. Um, and much of it is around the purpose-built databases, uh, the ones that specialize in certain kinds of workloads like time series and graph, document, vector, etc. cetera. Uh, I want to get your take on the purpose-built databases and Um, how TileDB uh, coexists in that world. Is it complementary to them? Can it be used in place of them? Um, What is your take on that?
1: Yeah, so what I'm gonna say is gonna sound audacious or bold, whatever (laughs) you wanna call it. That's good, here, But but here's my take, okay? The biggest, so preference aside, because I may tell you I like purpose-built databases. Right and and I could have easily built one because it would have been easier, right? But this is not the problem I want to solve. I'll tell you the biggest problem that I see in most organizations. I mean, I, I, and this comes up every day in every vertical that we're talking to, right? So they have more than one databases, Be, exactly because everything is purpose built. So they use a very highly high, highly performant warehouse for some OLAP data. Then something like a NoSQL database for something that doesn't fit in, uh, um, in, in the relational uh, space. And then custom files, completely custom, custom files, custom tools for everything else which is domain specific and doesn't fit in those models, in, in any of those models. And this is what creates, creates the biggest headache in those organizations. Headaches because ha- they have to train the data engineers to work with all of those. Headaches in terms of governance. How are you gonna govern four different things, right? And how are you going to consolidate? And then uh, how are you going to, uh, to int- sorry, to expand on different use cases that may come up in your organization. This, this is happening all the time, a new use case comes up for an organization that has already built something very purpose-built, a very purpose-built architecture for the previous use cases. So this is the very problem we want to build. We have nothing against purpose-built systems. The problem is that for those organizations that have more than one data sources, right? The purpose-built systems are the problem. And any performance you may be gaining Any performance, just because it is purpose-built, it is lost in the bigger picture of productivity, of total cost of ownership, and so on and so forth. So, it doesn't justify it. Now, with TalDB we make a bold statement. We're saying that 90% of the code base of those purpose-built systems, right, is the same. They deal with storage, they deal with access control, they deal with some kind of uh, execution engine, which can be generalized. We use task graphs. A task graph can capture pretty much any kind of algorithm. So effectively there is huge overlap, huge reinvention of the wheel. And we started building something from the ground up in a disciplined manner. We're not losing performance only because we're still doing things in the right way. Like this in the same manner as a purpose-built system would do. Right, so this is the bet that we were making, and to our good luck, after four years working on this, it seems that it is working again. It remains to be seen, the validation will come, of course, from the users and the customers, but we are seeing this working.
0: All right, and uh, that's a great segue. I, I do want to also ask you, uh, Stavros, about. The the, uh, the early adopters um, and some of the use cases we're seeing um, in you know the um, early going here. Um, I'll also note that uh, I saw that TileDB recently announced uh, some investments from Lockheed Martin Ventures and NTT DoCoMo Ventures, which was interesting because you know um, it, it's kind of an, an indication of their interest in this technology. So um, I'm not sure which, um, you know, uh, customers or early adopters you might use as examples, but could you give us one or two kind of ideas of of early adopters?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the very first, so just so that you know, right, when I started the company, I was a single person, then we became two very quickly, then four. So we did this the hard way. We started with a, uh, with an open source code, which we which was a research project, not even a production worthy code. We had to refactor it and so on and so forth. So it, it took us a while until we get where we are. Obviously, right? So we had to work with a handful of, of customers in the beginning, and the very first ones that uh, that uh, came about were in genomics only because we had a very specific solution with. Uh, in genomics, we, we knew the language, right? We knew the landscape very, very well. The problem was extremely challenging in terms of performance. And it, uh, it, it fit very well with the architecture we were going with, right? The data is so huge that needs an object store, right? Separation of storage and compute for sure. They wanted the integrations with different data science tools which we, are, we were building like Spark and Dask and all of that. So this is how we started. And genomics went very, very well. And then another genomics customer came up, and then that's how, you know, we, we, uh, we multiplied uh, in the, our, our customers and users in this domain. But then other use cases started coming about, right? For example, LiDAR, right? Um, for digital twins, LiDAR and genomics, believe it or not, they're very similar. Uh, For example, genomics, we store the data as three-dimensional sparse arrays. I'm getting a little bit technical. I'm not going to go deeper. But also LIDAR is three-dimensional points in space, sparse. The the space is massive. So why would you build two different databases here? You should build one which is architected perfectly to handle this sparse multidimensional data. And that's what we did. And that's why it was so easy to go from genomics to uh, to LIDAR. We didn't have to build another product. It was the same product. And then other use cases came up, for example, AIS, right? A ship ship vessel uh, locations in, in the ocean. And then user locations with uh, big Fortune 20 telecoms, for example, that, uh, that came to us. And then it was weather. So weather is two dimensional dense data, right? You get measurements with, uh, you know, in a space with latitude and longitude, and then more and more, more recently, for example, financial ticker data, right? It's time series, but but in a time series data set, the time is a dimension for us, and this allows us to slice it very fast. Again, you have time and tick symbol, for example, so two dimensions, any kind of aggregation or any kind of analysis you want to do on those two, two dimensions, it happens very, very fast entirely. So, Truly horizontal, of course, as a small team, we're trying to focus in a, a handful of the verticals only because we, we can't accommodate everything at once. But as we scale, uh, more and more verticals are gonna uh, are gonna be of interest to us.
0: Great. and uh, i I have a couple of other things I want to ask you about here as we as we kind of wind down a bit on this conversation. One is about uh, the the availability of TileDB. Uh, so um, it's available as a cloud service, also as uh, for use on premises. Um, so can you just uh, give us an idea of uh, where um, people can can get can get it?
1: Sure. So first of all, TileDB has effectively two products. The first is open source, it is called TileDB Embedded. You can find it on GitHub. And this deals with um, everything arrays, right? It stores the arrays, it accesses the arrays, it has integrations. uh, so it deals with the format, all open source. Then we have TileDB Cloud, which is the actual database. So this is what deals with governance, authentication, access control, right? With um, automated scalable compute or serverless, it is architected since, again, since day one, as serverless and we build our own technology we don't use serverless services on amazon or google or or, uh, or azure it's it's our our technology and this is offered in two flavors it is offered as a SaaS. you can go on uh, cloud.aldb.com and just test it out it's super cheap because you know you pay as you go it's it's very easy to use and it's uh, it's ideal if you want to collaborate across organizations, because again, sharing and governance was built since day one to scale globally, not within an organization. And the reason is that you don't need to set up clusters at all. So if you have data registered with TalDB, and then you're gonna share it with 100,000 people, these 100,000 people are gonna spin up on demand, You know, the serverless compute, they are gonna get charged, and then everything becomes so easy to use, this is the reason why you would use something like the TalDB SaaS, or of course, if you don't have infrastructure, if you don't wanna um, manage your own uh, your own infrastructure. But several of our customers have sensitive data. They want to, uh, to deploy TalDB in their own VPC, for example, or on-premises. And that's why TalDB Cloud, the, the SaaS product, we built it in a way that it can work anywhere. So we distribute this with a license, with an annual license, and it's the exact same product, the exact same code base. It comes with additional perks, for example, integration with Active Directory and LDAP and all of that. But uh, you you can administrate it on your own.
0: Yeah, it sounds like um, what we, I guess, what we think of as a uh, a hybrid cloud uh, model. And, um, you know, it can be used on-prem or in various um, cloud configurations. Um, now uh, Stavros, uh, the last thing I always like to ask about is a sense of direction. Um, what uh, you know what should we be looking for from tileDB uh, in the months ahead?
1: Yeah so we are doing a lot of great stuff and that's why we're always trying to advertise this to to people that want to join us uh, when they come to our company they can they can work on. 20 different things if they want to, right? And they can move from one group to another. So I'll tell you just a couple of things that, that excite me a lot. And I, I monitor very closely because I, I'm, I'm very interested in, in, in the technology we're building as well. So what we're doing, I mentioned in, in before that we're doing a lot of integrations, right? So we, inter- we have a lot of APIs, we integrate with MariaDB, with Presto, with Trino, with uh, Spark and Dask, and uh, even, even domain-specific tools. So what we're doing slowly is that we're carving portions of the computation from those tools and we're pushing it down to storage. For example, we did this with filters, with filters not on dimensions, not for the slicing, but for the rest of the attributes, right? And the user experiences a massive performance speed up. And that's because, again, TileDB is built in C++, uh, we, we do vectorization, we, everything is parallel. So the more computation you push down close to storage, the better for the user. So this is what we're doing routinely and incrementally. We don't need to reinvent the wheel immediately. We just want to see what is the biggest pain for the customers and the users. And for those computations, we push them down and we perfect them. So that's one And the other thing that excites me a lot is that we will slowly start to double down on the SaaS product and specifically the social aspects of TalDB Cloud. So we built TalDB Cloud in in, in the SaaS model for a reason. The reason is to fix the distribution of the data which is completely flawed, especially in use cases with, uh, with legacy formats and data behind FTPs and even data in, in, in cloud buckets. It's extremely difficult for users to use this data. Whereas in TileDB Cloud, you can store them. Uh, we can crowdsource effectively the storage. Uh, people can register their data set with TileDB Cloud. They can make it public or private, no ma- you know, whatever uh, they choose to do. But then the distribution problem is completely fixed. We have we, we have partnered with uh, companies that want to sell data on, on Talibe Cloud. We have a very nice marketplace integration with Stripe. So the distribution of the data is an important thing and the uh, reproducible science. So we're all for increasing this social collaboration on common data and on common code as well. So I'm very excited about that.
0: All right, Stavros. well, that that's a good stopping point for us. I think um, uh, first of all, let me just say thank you for joining us. i we'll really be watching with interest um, as we, you know, we're in the fourth quarter now as we head into next year to uh, to to see tile DB's progress. Um, and um and so so thanks so much. and, uh, you know we'll we'll have to have you back to get an update, um, you know at some point in the future to to let us know how things are going.
1: With pleasure, thank you, thank you, John, uh, for inviting me today, and absolutely, I would be very happy to uh, to tell you about our progress very soon.
0: Okay, cool. Well, well, that's it for this episode of the Cloud Database Report Podcast. A special thanks to my guests. Stavros Papadopoulos for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and Google Podcasts. And you can find the cloud database report and subscribe to our free newsletter on accelerationeconomy.com. Thanks, everyone. I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.